When I ask you to look at Psalm 39 with me today, I will tell you as you are turning there, if you have your Bibles or your phones or your iPads or whatever it is that you're, you have your Bible on, um, I will tell you that I am not going to preach a profound message today. Uh, it's rather simple, but it's what I believe God would have me to preach. But I'd like you to look with me at a prayer that was lifted up by David. And uh, we'll begin our reading in Psalm 39, verse 4. I'm going to share part of that, and uh, we'll look at a few other things in it. But but uh, just part of a prayer that David was lifting up to the Lord um, as he had become a little more advanced in his years. This wasn't written like when he was a young man. This was written as he had lived some days on the earth, okay? And I want to begin with verse 4. He's praying to God, and he says, Show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. You made my days a mere handbreadth. Span of my years is as nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath. Man is a mere phantom as he goes to and fro. He bustles about, but only in vain. He heaps up wealth, not knowing who will get it. But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. Save me from all my transgressions. There are some people in the world that are just forgetful, and I'm one of them, unfortunately. I don't know if you noticed that, but I have a really good forgetter. Uh, I can do pretty well with faces and names, but I've joked around, and I think it's pretty much true. I think that I would it would be safe to say that I could hide my own Easter eggs. Just let me go out. And uh, give me about a half hour, you know, and I'll hide them and give me another half hour to distract myself with something else. And I'll be clueless. I'll go out and have a ball looking for my own Easter eggs. And and that seems to be the way my memory works. I struggle at times with with things like that. It's it's small details that uh, I struggle with. I can memorize things and I can get it in my head. But there are things that I, I don't know. Everyday details that I'm pretty good at uh, forgetting. I, I'm going to tell something on myself, and this is a pretty typical sequence. Welcome to my world, okay? This is kind of what this is like. Um, I have, um, I I had written, uh, wait a minute, let me look here, make sure I have this. See, I have to look at my notes just to say this. Okay. Um, I have more than once written something in my calendar and forgotten to look at the calendar Lately or afterwards, I, and I don't know if that happens to you. I have a, a phone that reminds me. I love this phone because it tells me an event is coming. It will alert me to it. But here's a typical sequence at my desk. I knew I wanted to call somebody, so I grabbed my cell phone because the person was in my contacts. And when I looked on the screen, oh, look, there's a message I didn't realize had come. And so I looked down and I'm looking at this uh, text and I read it and then I said, oh, I need to respond. I responded to the text and I put my phone away, forgetting that I was really trying to call somebody just a moment or two before. And then I look on my desk where I had written because this was an important call. Don't forget to call so and so. Oh, yeah. And I pulled my phone back out so that I could remember. I don't know if you're like that, but I do stuff like that all the time. And and I can just have that. Uh, I can be forgetful. And it's just one of the things. One of the things that I'm trying to do with all of the things that are important to remember is put it in my cell phone because they're helpful. And at least it, I, I have a chance at making sure I remember things. But there's a couple of things today 
that I want to remind you of that are very important. Some things you can afford to forget and you'll be okay. But then there are things in our lives that we just dare not forget. And there's some things that I, I think we need to remember and never forget. I think David was hitting on a point here. I want to remind you today and hope that you'll never forget that life here on earth is pretty short. Life just happens to be short. And this is the prayer that David had put it, put out before the Lord. Truly, as he put it, he said, each person's life is like a breath. It's a hand breath long. It's like a breath. Now, I can tell you that uh, when, when I'm reading here and he says, show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. He is making the point that I'm making to you that that life can be short. And I'll confess that I used to get pretty irritated when somebody would say to me, well, life is really short. When I was under the age of 30, I kind of didn't see life like that, especially when I was under the age of 20. I felt like life was kind of long. I felt like that there were portions of life that was very difficult. Certainly, uh, the school year to me was long, man. It, that didn't feel short, man. Every day, going to school. And it didn't feel short to me when I was young, you know. Those days seemed to go on and on and on and on. Now, summer vacation from school, that felt short. But, but school itself, really, every year. And I still remember, like, my first year in high school, in ninth grade. And, and I, I remember thinking... It's it's still going to be a few years before I get to have my license. And two years felt like an eternity to me when I was in ninth grade. You know, I just didn't know, man, it's going to be that long before I get to drive around, you know, before I have my driver's license. And that was important to me. And then I got thinking, well, oh, my goodness, it's going to be four years before I graduate and get out of school. So there were times when life, you get my point, and honestly, life seemed, seemed to be really, really slow. Odd what happens, though, when you get over the age of 30. And some of you are nodding knowingly, saying, yeah, what in the world's going on here? Life has a tendency for us who are, have reached adulthood and, and, and lived some of our adulthood. Life has a tendency to feel like it went faster somehow. Somebody sped it up on me. I looked in the mirror the other day, and, and I thought it was just yesterday. I had nice, dark, curly hair and dark facial hair, and that I was skinny and, and, and had a, you know, like a, uh, I was rocked out a little bit, you know. And, and it's all gone. Something happened. Life, life happened, and life sped up on me. It didn't seem like it was that long ago that I wasn't old. And so, yeah, I have to say now that I'm 58, and I'm sure it's going to feel more and more like this, I'm getting the point that David was making when he says, you know what? Life is a handbreadth. It's short. In, in, in scope of eternity, even if we live to be 100 years old, life is really, really short here on earth. And that's something we cannot, we cannot forget. You and I have very little control over how long our lives will be here on earth. We have some, but virtually, really, we don't have much. And David asked the Lord to let him remember how fleeting his life was. He wanted God to remind him that life was actually on earth. It wasn't that long. He didn't want to forget how brief that it becomes, and he didn't want to forget that we don't get rewinds. 
Wouldn't it be good if we did? Wouldn't it be nice if, if we had a button on us like our computers do? Undo. I would love that. I'd like to undo some things in my life, but we don't get to. We don't get rewinds. And I begin, I'm imagining David as he's penning these words and he's praying this prayer to the Lord. And I imagine him realizing that life for him has pretty well sailed by. I mean, it had been a long time since he stood in a valley with a slingshot and dropped a giant. He had been to become a king and a lot of life had been lived. And he most likely realized that he had not always done things right. That he had wasted some days in his life. And I think he had regret, regrets as he was praying this prayer. I think he thought about his days with Bathsheba. And some of the other failings in his life. Days that he would say, I wasted that. I didn't get it right. I didn't live my life the way that I should have on these days. I think that he did not want to waste one more moment of the life that he had left. I'll tell you, that's an experience I have. As I have reached a point in my life where realistically speaking, now barring a miracle and I live to be over 100, I'm well into my latter third of my life. I'm into the latter third of my life. And I don't want to waste a day. I've wasted enough. I haven't always gotten it right. And so I can identify with David when he prays this. And, and it, even if I get to live until I'm 100 years old, in, con, in the scope of eternity, 100 years is very, very brief. So life is a mere hand breath. Life really is short. And let me tell you something, my friend. I hope that you have a sense that your life is more important and, and too important to waste and mess it up. I don't want to waste any more time. You see, it matters how we live our lives on earth. It really matters. It matters how we relate to other people, how we spend the life that we get. It's sort of like a currency. And one day our bank goes out. One day we spend our last I have a friend who is a pastor buddy of mine, and for now quite a long time, he has had a jar in his in his office, actually two jars, and in in these two jars, it's transparent or big. There are marbles, and what he does every day is he takes one marble out and transfers it over to the fill jar. He has filled the one jar up with the years that he has lived, days that he has lived. Each marble represents a day. He has calculated that if he lives to be 80, he's just going off of 80, how many marbles that would be. And um, let me tell you, his life already lived jar is smaller than his life. I mean, is larger than his life left to live for 80 years. And it just goes away. And what he said as he shared that uh, with me, he said, Ken, I don't want to waste one, one day. I want to get the most out of my life because life can be wasted so easily. I think it matters how we spend our lives. It matters how we relate to others. It matters how we treat our loved ones. It matters how we treat strangers. It matters how we spend our time and our resources. It really matters how we relate to Almighty God. God gave us this life as a gift and we get one and it's short. 
It really matters whether or not we believe in him and we obey him and we follow him because he is our designer. He is the one who gifted us with the life that we have. And as I said in all candor, I relate to David's prayer for a clear concept of how fleeting this life can be. I know that there have been days that I have wasted and I haven't gotten it right. I know there have been times when I squandered opportunities to serve the Lord for selfishness reasons. I know I haven't always gotten it right. And I have less time probably left on earth than I've already lived. And having that perspective, I don't want to waste another day. I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to fail God in that way. I want to be a contributor. And I want to be a a person whose life makes a difference in other people's lives and makes a, a difference in this world for God's glory. I want my dear Savior to lose use me and use me up so that he's glorified. I think that life is wasted if we don't allow God to have control. Your life is just too short. Your life is just too valuable to waste. Life is short. Don't forget that. Also, I remind you that life lived to ourself is wasted. God didn't give you your life just to spend on you. Is it a bad thing to enjoy yourself? Absolutely not. I think Jesus laughed a lot while he was on earth. He modeled how to live. I think Jesus enjoyed people. I think he enjoyed time with his disciples. I think when the children ran to him, I could see a big old grin come on his face as those little guys with all the dirt all over them running up to him and and the disciples trying to keep him away. But I could see the joy on the face of Jesus when these little girls and little boys wanted to climb on him like a jungle gym. And I think he laughed. I think he had a great sense of humor. Certainly when you read scripture, you can see God's humor. One of my favorite stories, and this is just a sidetrack I won't do long, is, is when, when uh, Moses is called into service and God has him throw a stick down. It becomes a snake and he's running from the snake. I love that story. I laugh every time I read it because God makes him turn around and pick it up. And the, yesterday I was I was working in the yard with a, 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 a good friend of many of yours, uh, Don Werkheiser. And I just mentioned that I had walked back toward the woods to throw some uh, rubble away, some some uh, branches and stuff. And I said, hey, I saw a snake back there. He where where he was panicking. And I think Moses was scared to death of that snake. So I know God has a sense of humor. It's not bad to enjoy yourself. I think it's good to laugh. I think it's good to enjoy people. I think all of that is good. But I will tell you that if we spend all of the currency of life only thinking of us, we're wasting what God gave to us. We're we're spending time thinking too small. This is not meant to be an insult. But if all you think about is you, you're not thinking about something big enough. You were made for better than just you. You were made for something so much more noble and so much greater. You were made to glorify God. And it's a huge thing. And it's a whole, whole, just such a wonderful, wonderful life. In verse 6 of this passage, of this prayer, David spoke of a lifetime spent accumulating things and heaping up wealth. And he said it was all in vain. People will go through their lives and I just need more. I just got to work longer and harder and I just want more money. To what end? 
And some people just get caught in that trap so that one day, I think the hope is if they get, they enrich themselves enough, I guess the assumption is such a person will one day be able to just stop and enjoy their money and just relax and have fun. I guess that's what it is. But Jesus spoke about a person who lived a life like that. You'll find his words about this in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. He's, then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told him this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. And he thought to himself, what should I do? I have no place to store all of my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barn to build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, self, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. And then who will get all that you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. See, this man wasted his life because he was thinking of only him. He was only looking inwardly at himself. He loved the mirror, but he failed to look out at others and see that there were needs all around him. And he could have used his talents and resources to be a great blessing and live for a greater purpose. He failed to look up and live in such a way as to acknowledge and honor the creator who gave him the ability to make these things and to do these things. He lived for himself and in doing so, he wasted his life. I will tell you that when King David penned these words, this prayer, he was filthy rich. Far richer than you and I could imagine. This man had rooms full of gold. People were carting in like like wheelbarrow loads of, of loot to him as tribute all the time. He was a king and he had a lot of money. It virtually anything anybody could have had in his lifetime. And yet he prayed for the Lord not to let him be focused on those things. And not let him forget how brief his life was or the purposes of his life. He didn't want to waste opportunities to live well. He knew he couldn't be just about David. He had a sense that he was made for something higher and better and more noble than just enjoying all the stuff that God had let him have. Now, I don't particularly, I have to tell you, I don't particularly enjoy going to 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 most high school graduation ceremonies. And I'll tell you why. It's not because it's boring, and it is. But that's not the reason. <laughs> oh, come on, you've been there. You know how it is. And I sit there, it's like, really? But one of the things that's difficult for me when I go to high school, typical high school graduations, is almost every time when a student gives a speech, almost every time, they, so much is said, and even for some of the commencement speakers, so much is said about being happy that's the end all be all i need to be happy me 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 i i i be happy be happy be happy and i will tell you that what bothers me about that is that's too small live a life that not only makes you happy but live a life that brings joy to others live a life for the glory of your creator life is too short to waste just on me
I don't, I, God did not give me my life just for me. And I have so much more to live for. There's something better than just, quote, being happy. Happiness actually comes when you learn how to live a life that, in, that invests in other people and ministers to other people. And most importantly, joy comes when you know Jesus and you live for him. That's where that comes from. That's that inner peace that nobody else can give you. It comes from Jesus. And you were made for that. I also finally want to remind you of one more thing. I remind you that life lived for God has great hope. Life lived for God has great hope. In verse 7 of his prayer, David expresses what brings him hope for a well-lived life. It's a life that counts. And he's talking about living, finding the meaning uh, that Christ made him for and living for his glory. David sought to pursue his creator's will and to do what his creator wanted. His hope was in the Lord. Hope for what? Well, hope for meaning in his life on earth and I believe hope for eternity. I'll tell you that that's where your hope will be found. He didn't want his life to be in vain. He didn't want to waste the one life that he had been given here on earth. It very much mattered to him that God was pleased with him and that he mattered in this world, that he, that he touched this world for the glory of God. Everyone who does not live for God wastes their lives. Everyone. They may even do noble things, but if ultimately you spend eternity without God, what's that worth? If ultimately you and I are are facing that moment and we don't go to heaven, I promise you we will feel like we wasted it. Remember the gentleman I talked to you about last week who was very, very old when he came to Christ. Thank God he came to Christ. He had lived a very wicked life and was very resistant. And finally, in a service, he received Christ. And he sat weeping because he he realized he lived all of his life for the wrong thing. And he looked up at the evangelist and cried. He said, I wasted it. I wasted my life. And he realized he had very little left. There is a scene that Jesus described. Okay, these are not my words. Jesus describes in Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. It is, to me, the most sobering uh, scene in scriptures as it relates to me and you. Jesus said this in Matthew 25, 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. The remainder of that scripture tells us that there's a moment when each of us, each of us will appear before him. And Jesus will be sending some to his right and some to his left side. Those who he sends to the left are people who have lived their lives not according to the purposes of the God who created them. And those who end up on his left will be cast out into eternity without him. Those who end up on his right will be welcomed into the kingdom that he has built. A glorious new heaven and new earth that we spend eternity with God in. 
And here's something that I ask you to consider. We, we, I hit on this last week, but I ask you to consider at that very moment, I want you to go there with me in your mind. There's a mass of humanity. Every human who has ever lived is there. And you're in the middle of this large, large crowd. And you look up and you see the glory of God. And you recognize that Jesus is judging. And you're watching as he is pointing And many, many are going to his left. And then once in a while, there'll be a broad smile. And he ushers people to the right. And you just keep moving up. And you know your moment is coming. And you know at one moment, it'll be you. He is looking into your eyes. And at that moment, I submit to you that won't matter very much to you how much education you got. I don't think initials after your name will matter a whole lot when you're standing there. At that moment, I don't think it'll too much matter what age you are. I don't think that'll matter. I don't think the fact that you achieved certain things on earth, which it could be wonderful, will be the important thing. I think at that moment, the thing that will be on my mind is what have I done with him? He died for me. How have I lived my life? And the only thing that will count for me at that moment is what is he going to say? Where am I going to end up? Because he makes no mistakes, right? You know that once he judges, it's over. And what's going to be on my mind is where am I going to end up? And what have I done for him that's what's going to count at that moment that's a life that's not wasted all of us i think would want to be confident at that moment as we're walking toward jesus and all of us would want to have him smile and say well done enter to the joys that i've created for you it's a moment i want more than I can describe to you, it's what I want more than anything. It's what I live for. I want that moment when Jesus would smile at me and say, Ken, well done. You're a good, you're a good and faithful servant. And come into the things that I prepared for people who have not wasted their lives. There may be somebody here today, and as you're sitting here and you've heard this not very profound message, you recognize that maybe... More than more than not, you haven't gotten it very good. You haven't done very well. There have been a lot of squandered opportunities. You've wasted uh, a lot of your life. And you may be feeling like that's all you are right now is you just, you've wasted too much and you're out of touch. And I just need to say what Andrew sang so relates to this moment. It's not too late. Don't underestimate Jesus. Your life counts. And unless you die, God's not done. And I have to say, praise the Lord for that. There is hope in this room today for you. Your life can matter. Your life can count. You can live a life for Jesus from this day on. And that will be wonderful. God will be satisfied and happy. You don't have to think about all the tomorrow or yesterday's. You can just think. You don't even really have to think about tomorrow. You can just begin to thinking about now. 
and whether or not I will live for Jesus now. I, I want to tell you there's hope in this room and that Jesus loves you. There's a song that I've had you sing with me before that I love. I, um, and I love the way that it is done uh, in this particular recording. And I like for us to close with this. And this is a song of dedication. The words will come up uh, for you to read. And here's what I'm going to invite you to do. Okay, some of us in this room have long since taken a step to say to the Lord, I don't want to live for me. I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and it is my purpose in life to live for him and to glorify him. And so I want God every day, every moment to take my life and use it as he would want to. And so some of you, when we begin to play this song and this this begins to go, some of you may just want to reconfirm that decision you made a long time ago in the life that you are attempting to live for the glory of God. And you may want to rise to your feet just to go on record and saying, that's my heart right there, right there. Take my life, Lord. There may be some of you who have sat through this message and you've kind of felt like, you know, I, I'm not getting it. I'm not doing well. I'm failing. I'm falling. I'm, I'm, I've messed up. I've squandered. You can, you can use whatever language you want here. And you may be ready this day to say, you know what? Whatever has happened in the past, I'm ready this moment to say, I want Christ to have this life.